Movie mom Nell Minow says this film is extraordinarily vivid, rich, and wise about the core questions of how we know and who we are. Letterboxd user B Battersby two three four five says Mason's funeral parlor crushed the product placement game with all those fans at the trial. And Letterboxd user Brody Allen says I'm a simple man. I see Gene Kelly. I press like. On this episode of Ruined Childhoods, we decide the fate of Inherit the Wind. Which one will it be? It's the Ruined Childhoods Podcast. Greetings, Starfighters. Welcome to Brune Childhoods. I'm Don. I'm Don. I, I'm <laughs> leaving that in. <laughs> I am. We are collectively Don. We are collectively Don. I am Dan. That is John. And I am John. I, right. I was so. I was feeling so smooth. I'm like, I'm going to sound really professional on this intro. Dan, and... I, I have a question for you. Do you have a, like when you're starting each episode, when you're speaking uh, into a microphone, anything like that, is there a, like a radio personality? Is there somebody whose, I guess, style you like to kind of channel? I know that you, you start them all very differently, but you know, if there's something where you're not doing like a character, is there any kind of like Rick inspiration? on the American Weekly Top 40. Is there? I, I was just wondering, like, is there is there some some voice, a different podcaster, uh, anybody that kind of, I don't know, speaks to you or speaks through you, maybe? <laughs> um, you know, it, it, no, it, there really it, it's usually a different because sometimes it, it depends on what we're going to be talking uh, talking about. You know, when it's Silence of the Lambs. I know it's going to be Anthony Hopkins, Hannibal Lecter. Sure, yeah. So when it's something, so today's episode, Inherit the Wind, uh-huh. is, I feel it's different from our usual fare. And yeah. I not just the movie, not the, not the movie. I mean, you know, you... Um, you know, made a reference, uh, you know, over the, you know, since, since last we spoke as you were watching Inherit the Wind, yeah. uh, made, a, made a reference to it being quote unquote sweaty law, okay. which is a callback. Right. I'm going to explain. I, all I'm going to say is I don't typically talk to Dan about the movie that we're covering until no. we're recording, but you know, just a note. Sweaty love. It was just a, because he knew I had seen it, and it's like it takes place in uh, over the summer. It takes place in July in Tennessee, uh, pre air conditioning. So, yeah, it, it wasn't exactly giving away anything, but just to, like so, there was that callback to that uh, a time to kill the client, you know, John right. Grisham episode that, that we did. Yeah, yeah, but and and so inherit the wind is different in its subject matter. It's different in uh, what what it discusses, what it addresses. I mean, this is not, you know, we're not, we're not, it's not feds. We're not talking about like a, a throwaway comedy here. We're talking about something uh, about a, a, a film based on a play that is about a real life i know you'll get into that that is well, about a true story but is also really about other things right going and on. I, I didn't include any of that in my synopsis that i wrote up i kind of kept it very brief because the subtext is something that uh you know doesn't belong in a in just the synopsis oh i thought yeah. you were keeping it brief but for legal because it's legal because of legal brief. brief, yeah, it's a brief. Get it? Get it? Because I, no, in, no, no, no. I, yeah, in I get law, it. attorneys. I want yeah, to make Dan, sure everyone it. understands it. When yeah, you file it. something, and I, it's called a brief. Uh, you know where you keep anyway. It. Briefcase. 
Yeah, right. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Nothing brief about it. Uh, yeah, nothing. You know, brief anyway, about it's based on yeah, it's based on a real life case up. from from 1925, uh, where a uh, a teacher, John T. Scopes, was tried for teaching evolution in his high school science science class that that he was teaching, uh, and so he was uh, put on put on trial for that, and that's where we get uh, it, it's called the Scopes Monkey Trial. And mm-hmm. I think most people who only know of it through Inherit the Wind are like, why is it called the Scopes Monkey Trial? Well, that's because that was the name of the actual teacher uh, who in in the film is uh, uh, Gates. Cates with a C. Cates. 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 Uh, yes. Right. Why don't I do the synopsis? Do the synopsis. Okay. This is, this is very short. I'm not going to say the B word again. I learned my lesson. After a school teacher begins teaching Darwin's theory of evolution, a group of right-wing Christians band together to have him arrested and tried in court. A reporter from Chicago takes a special interest in the case and arranges for Henry Drummond to represent the defendant. The prosecution, on the other hand, loops in presidential candidate and Christian fundamentalist Matthew Harrison Brady to serve on their legal team. What begins as a heavily weighted no-brainer for the prosecution turns into a battle of ethics once the defense uses Brady's only weapon against him, the Bible. That's what I got. That's it. Uh, yeah. So let's run, run down the cast there. Uh, we got Spencer right. Tracy. Yes, Spencer Tracy plays Henry Drummond, the, um, the attorney for the defense. Uh, Frederick March. The reason why we're doing this episode now is because we are doing uh, movies that are ever so vaguely march themed <laughs> and so he is there, our, there's our a connection to, to march yeah so he plays yeah. uh matthew harrison brady the um the presidential candidate who ends up uh serving as uh as legal for the prosecution we have gene kelly as ek hornbeck of the baltimore herald and um then we've got dick york from bewitched as bertram cates and I'm trying to think if there's anybody else who like we need to Harry mention. Morgan, Harry Morgan, Harry Morgan of, is the judge. Dragnet judge and Coffee. Ski Patrol fame, right? Or wait, no, not Ski Patrol. Right. Sorry, I'm thinking of Ray Walston. Uh, Harry no, Morgan no, 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 of no, no, no. Mash. Mash. Yeah, I was I was thinking of Ray Walston, not Harry Morgan. Harry Morgan's in, in Dragnet, but but Dragnet is uh, right. Dragnet is correct. Um, yes. The series, not the movie. Both, in fact, um, yeah. both, yeah. Oh, in yeah. in both, yeah. He's in both, he, yeah. Uh, he's in both. Uh, also in in the film, a uh, familiar face, Norman Fell, Mister Roper, of Norman Fell, Three's Company. Also, uh, you know, pops up in the in the Graduate. That's right. That's right. So yeah, Claude Claude Akins is the Claude Akins who was a big like uh like con- oh, it's country Reverend singer, Jeremiah like, Brown. Yeah, ooh, he is, and he's uh, he's good a piece of work. This. He, you know, is this is like one of those. Evil. This is one of those movies, Dan, where I feel like the performances are so good and so convincing that you forget that in reality they're probably doing this movie because they believe in evolution. <laughs> you know, like it, it's a, a lot of times like you just get so lost in the story and the performances that you forget that they're. Act just actors portraying these people. Uh, even right. if even if Frederick March's uh, hair situation looks so ridiculous that it's hard to look away, uh, but it's entirely believable uh, that he his his hair situation. Oh no 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 no! It just like looks so crazy that it's just like can't can't take my eyes off that weird yeah hair choice. But. There. He, and but yeah, no, you're right. The performances in this are uh, are really captivating, and by by everyone, and I think like Dick York was a real because I'm just used to him. I I'm like Darren. I, all I know him from is Darren from Bewitched. Which which Darren was he? I you know I I I think he was the first one. I I have no idea. So there's Dick York and then Dick York and then Dick Sergeant, and then we could Dick go into the whole Wayne's World thing about Sergeant York. Sergeant York. Um. <laughs> I so yeah oh, he God. was the first so yeah Dick York was the first 
Darren on Bewitched, but man, he is great in this. Yeah, he's fantastic. I mean, he doesn't have like a huge, huge, huge role. I mean, it's a significant no, role, it, sure, it, but it's 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 featured enough so that if I was to watch, uh, you know, turn on Bewitched, which uh, mm-hmm. let's see, start starts in. I guess mid mid to late nineteen sixties, mm-hmm. and I had seen Inherit the Wind. Uh-huh. I would, I, I, I mean, oh, oh, it's the guy from Inherit the Wind. It's it's the teacher from Inherit the Wind. Right, that's great. And I would, so I would have recognized him from that. I'm I'm looking to see. Oh, Bewitched started in nineteen sixty four. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. So. But that's so Dick York, uh, big, you know, big surprise in there. I mean, Gene, Gene Kelly, even though I feel like most people think of him as a singer dancer, right. like he definitely has, he, he definitely like, you know, proved his, his acting chops. His acting chops. Uh, yeah. He was great. He, absolutely. He, yeah, he's great. Spencer Tracy. Dan, I'm going to tell you a personal story. I don't know if I've ever spoken about this. So this is an exclusive. I need like a sound drop for that. So, no. Okay. What do you mean? Oh, no. No, this isn't like a confession. It's just like something that I had forgotten about. And then when I started watching this, I was like, oh, my God, that's right. I I don't know if you would remember this. I was probably like nine or something like that. But I got a, I had like a, a pet frog that just like lived in a little like miniature, like a very small, like aquarium thing. It was just an aquatic frog really. And I named it Spencer because of Spencer Tracy. And I don't know why I was going back through his like filmography to be like, is there something I saw that like I remembered him from when I was like nine and I have no idea. Yeah, no, you were such a, a Spencer Tracy fan growing up. <laughs> I thought you were going to say a strange child. <laughs> well, it's a, an old soul, perhaps. Such a Spencer Tracy fan. No Spencer idea. Tracy posters. To, uh, shirtless in one, I believe. Uh, and <laughs> no, yeah, no, Spencer. And like, I, I've definitely seen a few. I haven't seen... A lot of Spencer Tracy movies. I've never named a frog after him, but <laughs> I have no idea what association. And I have a vague recollection. I have a vague recollection of this frog and of the name Spencer. I have no recollection of it being named after Spencer well, I Tracy. Tell anybody. I don't doubt you. I didn't. I, don't... I didn't tell anybody why I had named it Spencer, but that's why I, I had wonder named if it Spencer. you had just heard someone like talking about Spencer Tracy for I some reason. I honestly could not tell you. Could yeah, not tell you. I, okay, so mysteries, mysteries of the past. <laughs> Spencer Tracy uh, is is fantastic, and this is Henry Drummond, uh, the lawyer for for Bertram Cates. Yeah, and it's what's what what I really enjoyed about it is the the relationship between Drummond and and Brady, like that. Even though they're right, they're rivals in the courtroom. And I think you see this, I, and this is true. This seems to be, you know, tr- more tr- uh, true more often than not. But where these attorneys can really like go at each other yeah. in the courtroom, and they do go at each other, right? I mean, and and you think about movies like My Cousin Vinny, where you know the two sides of you know of that of that trial. Even though they're going at each other, there's something about each of them that, like, there's a a, a kind of respect. I mean, that gets. I mean, of course, at, towards the end, you definitely see the respect going towards Joe Pesci's character, uh, in like the in the, in a very strange way. And uh, right, but but the Lane Smith character is never. Like they, they're they're a little like you know, huh, city 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 slicker, <laughs> right? They're yeah. they're a bit like that, but the Lane Smith character, the district attorney, is never like mean to him. It's not like in some no. lawyer movies 
where you're just like, now that district attorney was willing to draw blood just to put you yeah. in, just to put you in jail. Yeah. So we, they're they're dirty. They're gonna play dirty. It's like no, they're damn good at their job. Right. Yeah. And what's really cool about Matthew Harrison Brady and Harry and Henry Drummond is that they um they they so very clearly see why the other one is using the tactics that they're using and uh, you know because Matthew Harrison Brady he's just like everybody loves him that part of the country is his for the taking and uh, everybody's fawning over him and he is just spouting his rhetoric his you know christian fundamentalism his creationism to them and they are just eating it up and just cheering for him and the way that henry drummond first just struggles and is feeling really down on himself and doubtful about his abilities to to kind of bring this one home and then the way that he turns things around it's like really fascinating to watch and i think that you know spencer tracy I mean, I I knew this when I was nine, and I know this now. It's just like his acting is so convincing. And I want to say that, like, and this is just something that I was thinking about when I was watching it, is that, like, you know that an actor, especially around, like, 1960, like, you know that they are going to be something great when they look like Spencer Tracy. Because he's, <laughs> you know, uh, they don't... Uh, actors these days don't typically look like Spencer Tracy, even like the older actors, you know, even somebody like Ian McKellen is still going to look really sharp, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, there's kind of, there's that, that, yeah, that class of, of actor that could just be like, you didn't have to be people magazine cover sexy. No, no. Yeah, I mean, you could be like People Spencer magazine Tracy, cover. sexy, That's an interesting one. Yeah, I, it, yeah, it, it, it's I it, not worth going into. It's just been it's stars, been a reference. They're, not, stars, they're just like us. Here's Spencer Tracy buying adult <laughs> undergarments. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, no, you're right. Like, there's a certain like there's Ian McKellen, then there's Spencer Tracy, who just for about fifty years looked like he just rolled out of bed and wasn't happy about it. No kidding. It. Yeah, absolutely. That was kind of his MO. But yet, like, he was a, I guess, a kind of a sex symbol, and he did play, he did have these romantic uh Well, he was roles with Catherine Hepburn, with IRL, Catherine Hep for such a long time. And, well, yeah, yeah. And then also just a lot uh, earlier in, By in the his way, career. By the way, I'm going to go out on a limb and say I'm the only person in history to ever say Catherine Hepburn, IRL. <laughs> I, I put money on that. Hmm. I don't. I you know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. How would I, you know something? I I don't. That's what I'm saying. I'm I just saying I, it's very likely. It's it's possible. Yeah. Uh, so um, IRL. This was about uh, teaching evolution and. Um, you know, it's it like you said, he's fighting Drummond's fighting a an uphill battle here. He's he's fighting for creationism. He's basically arguing against the Bible in the Bible belt. Yeah. I, um and, and it's very interesting to see the the tactics that they take. And also, like I thought your point about Brady just kind of repeating like he takes everything and if he can twist it into some type of folksy yeah christian uh you know phrase mm -hmm. and you know it's it's kind of like if if uh drummond raises an objection he says objection he says oh like Pilate objected to jesus christ <laughs> and i know and then, and everyone goes, ooh, but I thought that they used that so well in the film because yeah. at the climax, when, when Brady is standing there in front of the courtroom, just railing and doing, he's like just doing all of his, his greatest hits and just 
ranting and raving and no one's listening. He's saying the same things he's been saying all along. Right. But everyone sees through it now. Right. And it's kind of like it, it it's that message that well, you know, you can only tell this lie for so long until someone until someone will come around and make people see the truth. Mm-hmm. Because the truth is going to sh- the truth is the truth. It's the way it is, and it's going to be seen. It's it's going to come forth one way or the other. Uh, as someone who's been caught in many lies before, I know this to be true. So <laughs> there's there. So there's this. There's and what's cool about it is because I would say by 1960. I mean, I'm sure there's places in the country in 1960 where creationism is is uh is is taught um there are places now where we have to have we have to have the alternative viewpoints we have to acknowledge alternative viewpoints um which is why this is so so relevant and in 1960 i my feeling watching it was like this is about civil rights hmm and then other interpretations, and I think actually the intention was, oh, it's about McCarthyism. Right. Which is funny, Dan, because, uh, dear audience, uh, if you've been listening to this podcast for uh, the past three years <laughs> since we started, <laughs> then you would know that Dan and I are quite fond of the movie Hail Caesar. And, and we, we were talking about it before recording. So just in case you're wondering if uh, we are this way all the time, the answer is very much yes. And uh, that movie... Uh, at its core, focuses heavily on, uh, you know, communism. And so it's very interesting that we're talking about uh, Inherit the Wind, which, yeah, was, uh, you know, the intention was for it to reflect McCarthyism using the Scopes trial as kind of its, uh, I don't know, its cover. Which I think it does well. I do think my go-to theater piece for McCarthyism allegory is The Crucible, of course. Mm -hmm. But I thought that in terms of uh, civil rights and integration, I thought the idea of that progress is going to happen. Mm -hmm. That progress is going to happen and it fighting it results in fighting it is a futility and fighting it will in in brady's case kill you yeah spoiler alert and it's to me it was a lot about integration and saying like okay so just like in by night between 1925 and 1960 a lot more people accepted Darwin's uh, theory of evolution, the origin of the species. Yeah. Not everyone, but probably a lot more than in 1925. So it's like saying, all right, someday we're going to be looking at this, at like, right. you know, integration. That's going to be the next metaphor. That was that was optimistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was overly uh, optimistic because that's where that's still, you know, even though like legal segregation uh, is legal, racial segregation is, uh, I guess, uh, I don't want to say it's not a thing anymore, but not nearly what it was. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, You know, we haven't we haven't made the progress from that. But then. In watching this movie, I was so reminded and it seemed so fresh. This movie felt so fresh to me mm-hmm. because of how much it felt like the anti-mask and anti-vax movements yeah. and like, you know, God will protect me from COVID and I don't need a vaccine when I have Jesus running through my veins. And I'm like, I heard someone actually say that. Oh, my goodness. I've yeah I've uh, yeah that one I've heard someone say that or or something very close to it. The uh the whole like you know coronavirus is a hoax and all that, um and not just about about COVID but also the uh 
the religious the the use of religion to push political agenda. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And we see it time and time well, yeah. again. It's not and we, going we, away. It's not even subtle. It is very much in our faces, similarly to the way that, you know, you see the people holding up their signs at the beginning of this movie, you know, all of well, the, the right, protesters yeah. there. And I will also note the banner about uh, Matthew Harrison Brady coming to town and there is a march. It says the word march on it. And I was like, yay, our march <laughs> theme. All right. Um, yeah, we yeah, doubled down on that one. Yeah, I know that was just fortune in our favor. And so anyway, I, I feel like, uh, yeah, I mean, when I was looking up reviews for this movie and I was going through Letterboxd, all everyone could talk about was how relevant this movie is. And you look at the t- the years that they're posting it and it's like, yeah, it's always going to be relevant because there's always going to be the push f- in a political agenda for uh, religion. And now... Especially, I was, and I, I was going to say, you know, it's like you have laws, you know, things like the Religious Freedom Act, which is really just, you know, the right to use religion as an excuse to be a bigot act. Right. And you have all of these things being done in the name of, of religious freedom, something that should technically be a, a good thing. You have all of this new legislation coming forward about what teachers can teach in school. Mm-hmm. So, it felt very relevant as I mean, fortunately, I teach in Seattle where yeah. it, it, it's very, very like I'd be in trouble if I didn't teach what people call critical race theory. I right. mean, really, what I teach is just background context to literature. So, you know, Raisin in the Sun is written partially about like redlining in Chicago. So you yeah. kind of have to teach what redlining is. Uh, and you but, also deconstruct Pearl Jam lyrics, right? Oh, yeah. Well, no, that's in a Shakespeare <laughs> unit. You know, what did Jer- Jeremy sayeth in class <laughs> on the morrow? No. Uh, so that the the quote unquote don't say gay law right. in Florida, oh, the God. fact that in school you can't even acknowledge the identities or existence Terrible. of of people it, oh yeah it, it, i we're here to talk about inherit the wind but part of we the are talking about inherit the wind we are yes but it is so relevant right now in terms of what we're facing in this country this kind of um this backlash this censorship in the name of freedom mm-hmm. and and so much like wordsmithing being done and so much propaganda being done to push an ag- agenda. And you, you do get the feeling from from this as well, that there's an agenda and that Brady maybe is less interested. Like he, the Bible is a good act for him. It's a good gimmick for him. Right. It's not. It's not what he really feels. He's in it for the the publicity, the politics, the position, the the fame. Mm-hmm. I think he could just as easily argue the other side. Whereas I don't know if the tr- if the same would be true for Drummond. I am sure yeah. he could, but he would do it, you know, holding his nose. Well, Drummond has no agenda. Right. Yeah, Drummond is there to do his job and do it really damn well. And inspire frog names around the world for generations to come. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like this movie was one that uh, I don't remember if I had seen it when, if I had seen it before, but watching it the other day, I kind of started it and was like drifting off, but like it really grabbed me really quickly. And I, I mean, I feel like a lot of the credit for that should go to Stanley Kramer, the director. Um, it's an it's a beautifully made movie. Uh, I mean, he also did Judgment at Nuremberg. It's a mad, 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 mad world. Guess who's coming to dinner? And it's 
I, I don't know. There was something about it that was kind of fun and funny and playful. And there was part of me that was also watching it in kind of, I don't know, paying closer attention to the actors and looking at like, Sar- uh, sorry, I was going to say Sergeant York because of the Wayne's World thing, but uh, Dick York <laughs> and just thinking like, like, wow, he's so like young and uh, just like kind of just noticing things about about the actors in it and uh, the, I don't know, the way that this town was crafted, uh, the town of Hillsboro, I believe. And yeah. it was just like a really solid movie with so much going on. Um, there was this whole subplot thing going on with uh, with Kate's wife, who's or, his, or, his girlfriend, his girlfriend, whose fiance, father is his fiance, whose father is the reverend. Is that right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Real hellfire right. and brimstone. Type. So she's like. You gotta drop this whole like you just have to, you know, whatever, like, you know, for the sake of us. And I don't know. So it's like there there's that whole other subplot going on. Um, which I mean, I think as much as I'm just like, oh boy, there's like more going on, it's kind of like, well, I guess you need something else to to happen aside from just like this one plot. Yeah, well, and it it also it, it leads into a lot. Uh, it leads into a lot because you see Brady kind of like stand up. If I remember correctly, Brady does kind of like stand up a bit. He does to the stand father up and just like what he does stand up. He did stand. He does stand. Yeah, he does a tight yeah, five no. at the store. Yeah, he kills. <laughs> unfortunately, just himself. Mitzi let him uh, on the main stage. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he was going to do 20, but then Chappelle came in. Yeah, and What are you going to you know, do? It's Chappelle. When Chappelle drops in, he's going to, you know, take the mic. And, you know. <laughs> Sorry, Brady. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so All go right. on. Brady stands up. Sorry, Brady, you know, Brady thought he had a spot, but it was Wayne Brady. Uh, <laughs> we all make that mistake. Yeah, but I, I think, like, you definitely, you see that there's everyone, because the the preacher is just like oh whatever you're a harlot and uh, I I didn't get the actual quotes down but like he's really harsh that even the other people arguing on the same side as him are like dude you you gotta chill a little right bit. yeah <laughs> loosen yeah, that collar up a little you know I'm I'm thinking about the movie and I'm thinking about because I feel like does it start off in the classroom no it starts off when the group of the conservatives oh, yeah. are uh are kind of meeting up to to go in and take him down take the teacher down so there's like this whole sinister thing going on you know everybody kind of banding together to they're uh, just waiting in his classroom for him to to do it oh it's intense it's really it intense. Is intense yeah it is intense. Um, and when you see him with the diagram of like you know with darwin's origin of the species and you're just like oh no yeah it's like here we go don't do it darren yeah darren yeah he does it Um, he stands by it that's true yeah and so i mean this this was a play before it was a movie um i don't know when the play was written um uh 55 okay so not too long before and then uh, we have this in 1960. We have a few made-for-TV versions in 65, 88, and 99. Um, some of them I'm actually curious to see. Like the one with 88 is with Jason Robards and Kirk Douglas. And uh, what were you gonna say? The 99 one is is George C. Scott and Jack Lemmon. Yeah, totally. Um, the 65 version is with Ed Bagley, OG. Not Jr. and uh, uh, oh man, you know it. It just makes me. I'm. It makes me think about Ides of March and a Philip Seymour Hoffman, Paul Giamatti inherit the wind that well, we'll never get. Okay, yeah. See, that's. I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking the same thing, and then I was just like, which one would be which? 
I mean, I could see it also being one of those things like, you know how sometimes there's like a, uh, like a stage drama where there's like two leads and then you find out yeah. that like every night they switch roles. Well, like which Philip Seymour Hoffman did with John C. Riley when they did oh, True West. That's right. That's right. That's right. Oh my God. See, that's perfect. I mean, in a, in a different dimension where we still have the wonderful Philip Seymour Hoffman, the the oh, Philip Seymour Hoffman Paul Giamatti would be I want that would be great. Yeah, because I, I, I would love to see them, and I'd love to see them both in in like swapping parts because I can't decide which one I would want in which. So. Anyway. Right. I, I think I I I feel like I originally defaulted to Jamadi as as Brady, but now the more I think about it, I'm like, I maybe see him more as Drummond, but right. I, I want to see them both do it. I know. I want I want to see both of them do both. There are so many actors who are and this isn't like necessarily what I this has nothing to do with No, my, no, no ideas for it but like i think about willem dafoe and i'm just like i'm basically right now looking at willem dafoe's filmography and thinking what has he not done what i don't think i've seen him as a lawyer <laughs> well okay what you could also do i'm oof, that's a good question he's got such a extensive filmography it's hard to i i don't think i've yeah. seen him as a lawyer he's probably but, played one but you know what i like to think about and you when you say willem dafoe it makes me think more about this but like you know, movies or, or I guess like actor pairings that are so dynamic in one particular movie where you just want to see them doing other movies in, in, you know, where the two of them are facing off. And when you say Willem Dafoe, it makes me think a lot of um, uh, Robert Pattinson, like the way that he and uh, Robert Pattinson were in uh -huh. The Lighthouse. And then to see Robert Pattinson play the Brady role and Willem Dafoe play the Drummond role, like or vice versa. I would be a very young. Uh, so what? Ver no, I it would be it, it would be uh, it, it would be interesting. Well, I don't I don't know why you couldn't. I don't see why you couldn't. Yeah, the the I'm young hotshot Christian fundamentalist, uh, you know, <laughs> presidential candidate versus like the old timer seasoned attorney, Madison Cawthorn versus Bernie. <laughs> yeah Basically. so i don't know i i think that there's something that's fun about finding those those actor pairings i mean what is ryan other, gosling and george clooney if we're gonna go ryan there Go yeah ryan Go ryan gosling and george matt clooney. damon yeah, ben affleck it, some other act <laughs> matt damon ben. yeah I, I don't know that i want to see them doing it i'm not saying i want to see it but i'm just saying like you know it would be interesting to see that to see it yeah yeah, the other actor actor pairings. Uh, you know, I'm tr I'm trying to think of some other ones that I, I could I I'm I think we like you got them all every other Zach one. Zach Efron, of is... Robert De Niro, go dirty grandpa. <laughs> of of course. I mean that's the <laughs> everyone's favorite. That everyone's everyone's been waiting for. Yeah. Of course. No, but De Niro Pacino, I I, I do feel like I, I'm like it might be that might be a bit too. I'm not saying that they man. always have to play it. <laughs> that you know, I want to see the De Niro Pacino grumpy old man. Uh, did that come up yeah. when we did grumpy old men? I oh, it it, it must have. Well, we it would just be it would archives. be such the R rated grumpy old. Good morning, you fucking cocksucker. Yeah. Good morning, you piece of shit, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> like Harvey Keitel, put Harvey Keitel in there. Uh, uh, well, Harvey Keitel in, in Inherit the Wind. Uh, sure. Nah, I feel like that's just naming actors now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but, you know, it's it's a fun game to play. You know, this is just Woody one Harrelson, of those Woody Harrelson, Wesley Snipes. Woody Harrelson, Wesley Snipes. I don't think that you could set something in 1960. You know, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I was saying that, for, but what, like, oh, Woody Harrelson, Matthew McConaughey. That's true. Yeah, always like them together. So, yeah, and then true. you get Matthew McConaughey returning to Sweaty Law. <laughs> Jackpot! There, and Oliver Platt <laughs> is the uh, re reporter. <laughs> oh my God, he totally would be. Love it. He would have been. I mean, back back in in the nineties, yeah, he would have been. He would have been great. 
Uh, there have also there have also been uh, several Broadway revivals of sure. Inherit the Wind, uh, none of which I've seen. I I don't recall that I've ever seen it on stage. And I might have I remember like that we read it in school, mm-hmm. like in high school. So I feel like I must have seen the movie, but I don't remember. Yeah, I remember reading that in high school. He said in quotes. <laughs> I feel like it was something that we read like in class and like we performed parts. Mm. So, yeah, it's one that I definitely remember being like a presence throughout my life. I mean, clearly Spencer Tracy's impact on my childhood was strong, so, you know, indubitably. Yeah. No, and it, yeah, so and, were- and I really loved uh, you know, seeing you know, Gene Kelly doing his his actual acting, which was he's very good. He's very good. I enjoy he was the he was really good for the uh uh like comic relief. Sure. You know, he, I don't know even if I'd call it the comic relief, but just like no, to but lighten he's just like the, the levity. He's the levity, he's, exactly. He brings yeah. brings a bit of levity and his he's got that just very likable spirit. You oh good. Oh, it's Gene Kelly. Things aren't so bad in the world. So okay, so if you're if you're not gonna just do a uh a Philip Seymour Hoffman, Paul Giamatti dream team in a parallel universe matchup. What would you envision for uh, doing this now? So I struggled with whether or not to, to advocate for just like a straight up remake or revival of it. And, and yes, if, if Philip Seymour Hoffman was still with us, I would definitely advocate for Philip Seymour and Paul Giamatti or really any, I don't have any actors specifically that I'm like, yes, it should be re it should be remade with these actors. I, I struggled with whether or not to advocate for a, like an updated inherit the wit a version of inherit the wind. Mm-hmm. It's something to be set in modern times. Maybe it's somebody, uh, who, a teacher who's arrested for teaching about systemic racism and they get reported by a student. Um, I was thinking about that and and then I, I just felt it works so well. Yeah, yeah. As it is that why it doesn't have to be about whatever's going on today to be about whatever's going on today. Mm -hmm. So a film might be, I wonder, I like, it's the type of thing where uh, maybe a filmed stage production, kind of like the Hamilton. Right. Yeah. uh, On, on Disney. uh, Or, some type of special presentation like a lo- this would be great to do like they do all of these you know like live like Greece yeah. live and tune in everyone's inherit clamoring for an inherit the wind live selena gomez as yeah. matthew harrison brady <laughs> uh, steve martin and martin short uh and it'll... hey that would be a really great pairing but if they played it completely straight I mean, they could. Yeah. They could. I mean, they've both done like straight acts. Sure. Yeah. Um, it, so I, I, but I think like doing it, doing it like that, uh, you could, you could make it, it. I, I wish we were back in the days of like the telethon where if it was like this big live street, this big live event and it was, you know, donate to the, you know, the ACLU or donate to right. the NAACP or, you know. Um, so I think something like that, some type of live, like, production, or, or like, I, I feel like a remade film would just kind of get swept under the carpet. Yeah. So I... I I hesitate to say, oh, like just remake it or just like put another revival on Broadway. 
Yeah. I don't think that's needed, but I think that say, and by the way, the, the case happened in 1925. So we're not that far off from the hundred year anniversary. True. So I don't think it would be uncalled for to, you know, promote and you can get like, there are so many great actors who could do Campbell Scott, Campbell Scott. Okay. Playing, uh, uh, well, actually George C. Scott played both, both roles, uh, in different productions, but Campbell Scott could like, that would be nice. Fill in for his, for his dad. Sure. Uh, um, yeah, I'm like, I, I could start naming, I'm just look up like, you know, male actors Yeah, <laughs> and find, uh, you know, find two actors who would play really well off of each other mm-hmm. and this, and you know what? Yeah. I mean, whoever get whoever, in it. maybe like get Clooney involved. Why does it like Clooney could direct it? Clooney could direct it. This does not seem like a, you know, something out of his wheelhouse. No, definitely in his wheelhouse. So, yeah, I that's I I think it's a relevant story, and I think it it needs to be brought back into into the spotlight, uh, every now and again, just to kind of remind us that like, hey. People are always scared of new and challenging ideas. It doesn't mean that they're wrong. It doesn't mean they don't exist. And it doesn't mean that we don't accept them. Right. So that's that's my my thoughts on that. What are yours? Well, this is this movie is a a true classic. Um, you know the the play is taught in schools and you know, brought back all of the time. Like it's a very relevant story as we've talked about. And I think it would be really neat to start a, a new movie and kind of use the actual footage and then have it go in a different direction, have it follow the students in Kate's class. Or have mm-hmm. it follow somebody who's sitting in on the trial. Maybe it is the same, you know, students that are in his class. You know, follow somebody else. Follow the judge and and see kind of how they change while Drummond is kind of changing their worldview. And try to experience something through somebody who's not, like, directly part of the trial, unless it's the judge, of course. But you know, kind of take them and follow them during this entire time. You know, you can still hear or see that this trial is going on, but from a different perspective. And I and hear what they say when they're home, talking to their families, and what they're experiencing on their ends. That's my thought. I really like the idea of the students because yeah. it's like... It's about what's taught in schools, and we hear from everybody. We hear from the students briefly. Hardly. But we just get a glimpse of the little men and little women, and then we cut away from them, and we don't really hear from them ever again. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we do get a little little glimpse of them. Uh, and it, it would be interesting to... It makes me think of the movie In and Out, where... You do get uh, some of like the perspective of the students as everything as they're, you know, learning about their teacher coming out. And it, it, it's funny because now that I think about in and out does have a lot in common with Inherit the Wind in terms of, you know, <laughs> progress, resisting progress yeah. and, uh-huh. a, and accepting new ideas, and, and even if they're challenging and an engaged uh, couple going through a tumultuous time. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, Wilford Brimley is in it. So yeah. he has that he has that Spencer Tracy vibe. It sure does. Uh, it, 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 it is. I, I really like that idea. And I like I also like the idea of kind of the of of seeing where they go after. Yeah. And and saying like 
all right, now that they're challenged on, like, how are they impacted by well learning that yeah also it's you know maybe their the kids parents are less flexible in their ways of thinking well that's what i'm saying is like what happens to these kids when everything that they've grown up believing is is not everything but like this that they've grown up believing was fundamentally true is challenged and basically disproven so how does that impact their relationships with their parents? Like, do their are their parents like, oh my, like, what now? Yeah, what are we going to do? Would we're gonna lose control? And uh, it would be interesting to 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 look at that also in terms of like the last in the nineteen twenties, kind of leading up to the stock market crash in twenty nine. Mm. So. Yeah. So looking looking at just the idea of like young people and how all of this revolutionary science meshes with religious beliefs, which especially in Tennessee. Right. And, and also, you know, there are the parallels to today that, you know, are different from the ones that we see in Inherit the Wind, um, where it is, you know, the youth of today learning something different from what their parents believe very firmly and having to negotiate that struggle between, you know, keeping the peace within the family and standing up for what you believe in and kind of challenging the status quo. Yeah. I I think it would, it would, we begin shooting on Friday and uh, call time is 5.30 a.m., so get your rest. I can't make it. I have a thing. Mm. Yeah, Your Pearl Jam Would class. It, it could be... Yeah. No. Starts at 7. I I mean, yeah, we're doing the ratio of no code, so... Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, the... the um, oh, they have their I'd Vitology exam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's just the name of the class, Vitology. Uh, <laughs> Vitology 101. And... Oh, it's only a 101 class? They can skip it. It's fine. <laughs> uh, you know, I had, I, there was somewhere where, where oh yeah, the title of your sequel. Would, I, I guess since I've inherited the wind, would it be called like Heirs of the Wind? Um, I like that Acknowledging title. the wind. Uh, acknowledging. <laughs> passing the wind. The wind. <laughs> Breaking the wind. Winds of <laughs> the winds of change. The winds uh, yeah, of change. and then and then you can use that uh, awesome scorpion Scorpi- song. That scorpion song, definitely <laughs> like a 1920s version of it. <laughs> oh, I want to hear that. Hey, me, how did that man? I don't know. That's just how it was in my. There's a uh, a fantastic podcast series. Winds of change about uh, wind of change. Um, that uh, it's kind of going into the the backstory of it because there was a rumor that that song was like create was written by the CIA and essentially given to Scorpions to release to impact the Cold War and to like bring the wall down and uh, and inspire revolt. So it's a really fascinating podcast series that I highly recommend. I think it's just called Wind of Change. Oh, that is really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's my kind of jam right there. So anyway, Dan, do you have anything that you wanted to mention about Inherit the Wind before we talk about what we're doing on our next episode? Uh, no, I, other than just if, if this is not a film that you've seen before or not something you're familiar with, definitely check it out. Yeah. I Inherit the Wind currently streaming on Prime, and I, I believe, <laughs> as of last I checked, right. it was. But to, uh, totally worth checking out, and yeah, yeah, if you have a history with that, with Inherit the Wind or uh, creationism or Darwinism, uh, give us a an email at ruinedchildhoodspod at gmail.com. Yeah, check out the link to the link tree in this episode's description. 
follow us on social media and all that kind of fun stuff. You get to see probably a cool picture of Spencer Tracy, the human, not the frog. Oh, it's a shame though that we don't do we I don't think we have photos of of the frog do we? I don't think the frog lived long enough for a photograph to have been to taken. To be photographed. I uh, yes. And this is also the times where, you know, we didn't have cameras on us all the time. No, you had to go to where you kept your camera and get your camera out and you had to make sure there was film in it. Yeah. And... You had to hope that Spencer was doing something cute at the moment. Yeah, no, but by the time you get your camera and put film in it, Spencer is no more. No. I don't. There's I not don't a want Tracy to... of him left. <laughs> yeah, that's how you know it's oh, late. Boy. Well, anyway, oh, we... Dan, why don't we tell everyone what we're doing on the next episode? Ah, uh, it's our last episode of March. So, of course, uh, as we're leaving March, we have to get one last dose of March. In fact, a whole family of March. So, we're going to be talking about Little Women. That's right. We're going to be talking about multiple families of March because Dan and I are going to fo- each focus on a different version of little women this is our version of march madness this is march madness for us it's it's like oh it's uh, susan sarandon and laura dern and shayorzo ronan and winona ryder and timothy chalamet (laughs) bob odenkirk oh i miss my little women and uh, what's happening and i think Catherine hepburn is in another one (laughs) oh yeah that's right um and maybe spencer tracy oh could that Spencer be true? Tracy, Tracy, let's. Oh, we Dick Sergeant, Sergeant York. <laughs> Sergeant, Dick Sergeant, Sergeant York. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> well, Dan, as you are marching in support of Matthew Harrison Brady, I wish you a good journey. Good evolutionary journey. <laughs> Down to Gonky Park Listening to the wind of change An August summer night Soldiers passing by Listening to the wind of change
look at it from up here. You get an appreciation of our world is a beautiful place and we do need to take care of it.